In terms of just sheer excitement, I think that part of the initial kind of disbelief and excitement as a founder is having an idea and then seeing it in your hand at some point, right? And the first time that I saw our app in my hand, like I'll I'll just never forget that thrill. (laughs) But, you know, you're able to translate an idea or a concept into something tangible and, and then something that people are using and excited about as well. And then I'm just most proud of our team, you know, to just be building such an excited, compassionate, curious team is is just an incredible feeling. My name is Una Rokita, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Lance. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead. A team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Lapart, and today, how Una Rokita created a brand new platform to revolutionize banking for the freelancer. All this and more on Code Story. Una Rokita is a first generation American, which you wouldn't expect from her lack of accent. Her parents are artists from the Czech Republic who migrated to the U.S. six months before she was born. Because of her parents' profession, she comes from the land of not understanding business nor tech. Her parents are role models for her. In fact, they are her personal heroes. From this inspired place, she finds her greatest motivation in life, which is to learn as much as possible and share it with others. Una spends a lot of time with her boyfriend and his kids and has even kicked off a weekly baking challenge with his daughter, creating experimental dishes. As a freelancer and a part of a community of freelancers, Una found that it was difficult to understand cash flow with variable income. Through interactions with accountants or financial systems, she saw that most were backwards looking. She thought, well, what does it look like moving forward? What does it look like to bring on an additional client? This is the creation story of Lance. You know, the concept behind Lance really started with our own frustration and us trying to find a solution to to our own problems very selfishly. What we've built today is essentially a platform that steps in and provides some financial framework for freelancers, consultants, you know, flexible workers. We really just help organize all of your business finances. What we found really frustrating when we were freelancers was that Despite having accountants and, you know, looking at QuickBooks and FreshBooks and different invoicing systems and stuff, we just kind of had this underlying challenge of getting ahead of or being more proactive around our finances and, you know, understanding our cash flow as we were having really variable incomes. We had some retainer clients, we did some workshops on the weekend, stuff like that. And I think that's getting more and more frequent in terms of juggling multiple income streams. And uh, as we talked to our accountants or used different software systems, we found that a lot of it was just looking backwards. It was just looking at our bank statements or looking at what we'd already spent, how we'd already behaved, simply organizing that for tax purposes. But our real interest was, what does it mean if I add another client? in the next month. You know, how does that change my financial position? How can I start anticipating my business expenses going forward? How do I get more in the driver's seat? It's one thing to do that with your personal finances, right? Whatever you spend on 
you know, your mortgage, your coffees, your student loans or whatever, but it's another as it relates to your business taxes, where you can really optimize those, how your retirement and healthcare actually influences your tax deductions on a business level and where you can really optimize that and how you can get ahead of kind of having a balance to spend against. As we were kind of thinking through this and frankly venting about not having found something that worked for us, my co-founders and I just started kind of quizzing our, our friends and friends of friends to see you know, who had figured it out and what was the, the best tool to use out there. And we just found that everybody was struggling. So that really pulled us down this path of kind of trying to first create a dashboard of just looking at your finances across your different accounts, across your personal checking accounts and savings accounts and credit cards and stuff like that. And the more that we developed that and I started doing workshops and webinars with people about how to start allocating a percentage of your income towards your different needs, like your salary, your taxes, your business expenses, and maybe even a little towards savings, we kept getting the question of, wait, is there something that can do this for me? Can I just go somewhere and have this set up for me? And there wasn't a place to do that. So that's really what caused us to, over the course of the last year, build it ourselves so that it kind of is as easy to set up as opening up a banking account, but then to actually get that game plan within the banking account. That's what we're you know, really thrilled to be offering to people today and to be expanding over the course of time. Tell me about the MVP. So tell me about that first product you built, how long it took you to build, and what sort of tools you used to bring it to life. So our very first kind of iteration that didn't take very long to build was really based on the idea that we spend so much time on athletic apps, dating apps, and stuff, and we don't spend that much time on something that's that much more impactful in our lives, i.e. our finances. And so... We just played around with categorizing your taxes. And could we get people to kind of have fun swiping their taxes into different tax deductible categories for their businesses? And that was fun, but it really didn't address this cash flow issue that we kept hearing more and more about as we thought about the real problem we were trying to solve for. So we quickly kind of tossed that aside and then created a more robust dashboard where you could just sync all of your financial accounts into one place, get an overall picture of things. That was incredibly valuable during COVID because people just had nowhere else to go to find kind of their top line numbers of how much they had made last year and how much they had spent last year. I mean, it was pretty overwhelming just how much people were in a backwards position kind of on their heels struggling to answer those first questions in the in the loan applications. How much did you make in 2019? With any MVP, right, you've got to make certain decisions and trade-offs about, you know, what you're going to build first and what you're going to cut or what sort of technical debt you're going to accept. So tell me about some of those decisions and trade-offs that you had to make and how you coped with them. We really scrapped our first kind of version and a half what we took away from it was the insights that we had derived and and a bit of the UI UX. Going from a Plaid integrated dashboard to a fully functioning banking platform and allocation system, we really had to rebuild from the ground up. But 
A lot of the visualization, kind of the screens look and feel, we kept because there was a real strength in terms of our visual story um, and, and kind of brand identity that we curated at that point. And then the insights of, you know, how simple people wanted things to look and feel. We spent a tremendous amount of time continuing to make, you know, our financial framework in, in a box as simple and intuitive as possible. And I think the insight of people really want to not think about their cash flow, but just have it clarified for them was something that we kept in our current version. So from that point, then, you know, how did you go about progressing the product and maturing it? And I think to kind of wrap that question into some context, how did you build your roadmap and figure out, okay, this is the next most important thing to build? I mean, I think that we really did a lot of testing actually outside of a product, right? This is where you hear repeatedly, but, you know, we've really stayed true to this of just talking to our users in terms of what they want, what they need, and even an expanded group of people through our workshops and webinars. And what we found was that the dashboard was useful. People like to see things and, and feel like everything was transparently available for them, but the actual recommendation of where to put their funds and having that automated for them was something that we kept front and center for ourselves and in the development of what we were creating. And so that required a lot of effort on our part to make that work in the right way and educate people in terms of what we were doing. We've stayed true to that in terms of kind of our free version and then as we continue to roadmap and develop, we want that to stay as simple as possible as an entry point into what we're doing more broadly. And within our pro subscription version, as we continue to develop a bit more complexity on the back end of the product in terms of contextualizing what else you can afford as a freelancer and how it impacts your tax status and your, frankly, financial future, that's where we'll continue to introduce people to more features and offerings and continue contextualizing a, a broader suite of offerings and, and look forward to people really trusting us with that. How do you go about you know, grabbing feedback from the people using Lance right now? How, how are you using that in the process specifically? Like any technology company, we watch uh, the behavior in our app uh, very closely. You know, if people stop somewhere in a process, you know, we question if that's confusing them or, you know, if something's broken naturally. But we have just a lot of conversations like we're having here where we just call people up. We welcome them to the app. Um, we welcome them to the Lance system and to even our community and just ask them, you know, what motivated them to come in? What are they looking for? What are they struggling with? Um, and that really informs a lot of our roadmap. I mean, I think we uh, started our conversation today just asking about your feedback as you played around in, in Lance. We really care about that. Some companies say that as lip service, but we genuinely keep tabs in, in a spreadsheet of all of the things that people are pining for or thinking about. Sometimes with some of our more savvy freelancers too, they've created their own spreadsheets over the course of time and want us to be able to follow that to some degree. There are some great ideas. There are some really unique ideas and needs as well. We take all of that to heart. 
and you know build as much as we can into the product and it's frankly why we've started a community outside of our product as well to just capture some of that conversation but also keep uh, a lot of that conversation going as it might be helpful to others um, you know within that community you know i think our team uh, you know, one of our greatest values is just a huge well of curiosity. And so we're constantly curious as to what people are thinking, how they're engaging, and love hearing that firsthand and, and digging in. Let's switch to team. So how did you go about building your team? And, you know, what did you look for in those people to indicate that they were the winning horses to join you? There's so many different ways people team up as as co-founders. Um very organically, um, I uh, had met my co-founders uh, in an accelerator in Tel Aviv. I was working as part of a venture fund there, educating our portfolio companies about the value of PR and marketing, and then going into accelerators and being a mentor for different startup founders. It's how my co-founders and I met each other eight and a half, almost nine years ago now. And Gilad and I, my COO, uh, we were the two that first started venting together about just how frustrated we were about the lack of financial framework uh, when you're working individually. Uh, he was struggling with uh, you know, his accountant on missing some business-related taxes and international fees as his wife and he were traveling for business, and, and I was having similar challenges. So we, we just started griping <laughs> about the lack of a solution truly being frustrated that with the amount of technology and the amount of data that was available that we just weren't finding anything. We brought in Orin and Tom, our CTO and our head of product. You know, a little later, as we had pulled together more research and uh, more of a thesis and everything, and they've just been incredible. As a self-taught CTO that's worked at incredible companies like Riskified and Tabula, and he also is uh, originally a musician. So I think that that just adds a whole different dynamic to the way that he works and and relates to, to everyone on our platform. And then Tom, as a head of product, I mean, he is steeped in UI, UX. He used to work at Juno on the rider and the driver side and is just a design geek. I mean, every day we're talking on Slack about another resource that he's found in a cool company. He likes, you know, what they're doing and would like to translate it over. It's part of our secret sauce in terms of engagement too, is that we're all pretty well-rounded people um, and then super passionate about getting this right. Well, let's switch to scalability then. So did you build this to scale efficiently from day one? Or were you, you know, fighting this as you grew? And, and it could be technology scalability, it could be team scalability, or both. Absolutely, I would say that we've grown this both team-wise and as a product to scale. You're constantly thinking about how to grow your team, how quickly to hire, and everything. And we definitely have been hiring significantly in terms of people that we know will work well have great experience, but then we keep kind of an extended circle of uh, freelancers and contractors around us and working with us so that we can continue hiring in great people. So I think that's been part of our strategy. And frankly, part of our DNA is that 100% of our team has been freelancers at one point or time. So there's a great degree of empathy in terms of the struggle and the challenges and also the, the excitement of being a freelancer. 
In terms of the product, we partnered with a young but best breed team in terms of creating our banking platform and work really closely with that with that company, its unit finance and then integrated with a great uh, company that validates what we're doing on the tax calculation front, the bound. Uh, I talk personally with those CEOs regularly and we talk with our teams on a daily basis to make sure that everything we're doing is uh, scalable, repeatable, accurate, and we continue to have an ethic around anyone that we integrate through our product is able to scale with the thousands of people that we have on board today through to hundreds of thousands and millions into the future because we really want to be able to support people uh, incredibly effectively and continue kind of week over week, month over month, increasing the the value to our users, but also the accuracy with which we do that because uh, people do need so much help and they're trusting us with so much information to get things right for them. Well, as you step out on the balcony and you look across all that you've built, what are you most proud of? In terms of just sheer excitement, I think that part of the initial kind of disbelief and excitement as a founder is having an idea and then seeing it in your hand at some point, right? And the first time that I saw our app in my hand like I'll, I'll just never forget that thrill <laughs> but, you know you're able to translate an idea or a concept into something tangible and and then something that people are using and excited about as well and then i'm just most proud of our team you know to just be building such an excited compassionate curious team is is just an incredible feeling and you know there's just a sense that there's so much growth ahead of us and that we'll be able to grow successfully is just really thrilling and something to be proud of, but also proud of for all that can be accomplished for uh, both your team and everybody that trusts you as a product and company. Well, let's flip the script a little bit then. So tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it. You know, anybody in fintech will expect that, you know, or or have gone through kind of the naivete uh, in building fintech products sometimes uh, and just how much uh, fraud has grown over the course of time. This is something that's widely reported now in the banking industry, the credit industry. You know, there's certainly been an exceptional amount of PPP loans that have been taken out from the government, from people living in foreign countries and stuff. And I think uh, you know, when we uh, launched publicly, we were sure that we'd get hit by some fraud. Maybe not a complete failure, but more of a learning is that we have been more conservative in terms of who we've led into our platform and everything. There was a fraudster that came in the very first day, and we noticed that there was, you know, different uh, IP address um, that, that looked like it was coming from a different country than we accept. We're only available in the U.S. We let them in initially because they had a good, you know, fraud score and everything. And kind of pretty quickly, we saw an unemployment check come in and immediately shut down uh, their account because we saw it was in somebody else's name, uh, not the one that was registered with us. And, you know, found out that through the course of shutting down their account and them sending us an irate email, 
that they were likely based in Haiti. I made a phone call to, to verify that and, and got a pretty humorous answer as to who the uh, unemployment check was intended for. And, uh, and that kind of jump-started our learning in, in fraud in the fintech space. <laughs> so I think uh, a lot of people can probably relate to that that are in this space and just kind of the identity theft and fraud uh, learnings along the way. Well, what does the future look like for Lance, the product, and for the team? The interesting thing in this space, as we think about freelancers and market to people that are working for themselves, you know, whatever term is associated, uh, there's so many floating around in the space right now. You know, the the workforce is just fundamentally shifting to everyone uh, looking to work across a few different jobs, a few different income streams. And for that to be so enabled uh, across different marketplaces, job types and everything, just requires a complete shift in thinking about how people organize their finances, navigate their benefits, think about maybe less retirement, but more chapters of their lives and how they want to enable that through their financial um, frameworking and mapping over time. And I'm just really excited about all that. I think that what will become more commonplace is talking less about freelancing and more about flexible work, multi-hyphenate workers, uh, you know, flexible incomes. And then as a result, you know, more flexible financial planning, um, you know, business mapping and all of that. And I'm really excited about how one flexible Lance is to take in different income types and still navigate kind of all of your taxes, your savings, business expenses, regardless of how you're making money. And then additionally, uh, two would be, you know, what we have planned in our roadmap with that kind of philosophy and thought process around where everything is going. Let's switch to you, Una. Who influences the way that you work? Your name is CEO, CTO, architect, really, really any person that you look up to and why? So in terms of my heroes, I would say that I have a couple. Uh, I think I started the conversation by flagging my parents, certainly in terms of everything they've accomplished. And, you know, that's one of my motivators in terms of what I'm doing is, is looking to make their uh, immigration worthwhile and to have an impact on a great number of people and helping them find their way in the world. I think more so in terms of CEOs uh, and other executives at companies, I think a lot about not any one specific person, but um, a lot about, you know, incredible female founders who have driven incredible business results. Uh, with their with their startups over the last decade, um, I think that can be any number of of women. I think there's still quite the burgeoning uh, amount of women in the fintech space uh, that I that I look up to and and think about in terms of my own successes ahead and our own company accomplishments. Um, I do also look a lot at what's going on in the fitness space, which is, I think, interesting, because uh, I think there's just such a tremendous amount of engagement around uh, fitness tech and health tech and everything that those CEOs 
are doing an incredible amount of um, hard work and thoughtful work around behavior. I think about Strava, I think about Whoop, um, and a number of other companies that are just creating such a sense of community around different fitness frequencies and goals and uh, accomplishments that I really look forward to Lance kind of mimicking some of that in terms of people thinking less about business finances as a taboo or a topic that's nerve-wracking to talk about and share and more uh, you know success and um, and accomplishment driven and in a space that everyone can share in. We talked about a mistake a bit, um, but a little bit different spin. If you could go back to the beginning, what would you do differently? Or where would you consider taking a different approach? So in terms of taking a different approach with Lance, I think that one, I would have started doing workshops and webinars and growing a community more quickly because as we've learned over the last year, that's been just incredible in terms of people sharing their thoughts about what they've struggled with, um, you know, how much they value what we're doing, providing feedback on our product and road mapping. And I think I'd suggest to anybody, you know, really be thoughtful about the volume of feedback you're getting and how do you most quickly grow that and expand it Um, because that feedback if you treat it well uh, will also become kind of your sounding board and your megaphone um, through the use of all those folks as ambassadors uh, in what you're doing i also think that um, you know growing the team uh, more quickly in terms of freelancers is a great way to go. We've certainly done that. I would have done that a little bit earlier, I think, had I thought about that as a, a as a strategy earlier on, um, because there's just such an incredible um, resourcing and and um, variability and perspective of how to do things uh, across a number of people who understand your product and uh, are willing to start uh, working on it even with part of their time Um, and I've really come to appreciate that Uh, certainly I was a freelancer myself but there's a lot of push from investors to hire full-time workers right away off the bat Um, and that's not always needed right away I think that you know testing with a small part-time group of people is sometimes really advantageous as long as you know which direction you're heading in and um, and then can hire people along the way. Well, last question, Una. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. Can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit? I have been in this position a few times now um, and then have myself been been the inquiring mind uh, of other more accomplished uh, founders as well. And I think, you know, the best advice I can give is stay true to why you came up with this idea and started this company. Uh, everyone will always have a lot of opinions and feedback, 
but staying true to why you started it and uh, and for who, uh, I think really provides an invaluable North Star um, as you're kind of getting pushed and pulled. And then two, uh, just try to grow as quickly as you can uh, with the insights that you have. Um, you know, you're going to keep taking twists and turns and be in the messy hairball of it all. But um, there is uh, undoubtedly a, a weight uh, to momentum and to growth and, uh, and more people will uh, provide more valuable feedback as you continue uh, gathering momentum. That's fantastic advice. Well, Una, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for telling the creation story of Lance. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And this concludes another chapter of Coat Story. Coat Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. Support the show on patreon.com slash codestory for just five to ten bucks a month. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.